This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode 36. I'm your co-host Adam Bell and joining me as always is my co-host Peter Nicolaitis. Hey and you got it right this week it wasn't I'm your host my name and your co-host his name it's good that's good. Well what our listeners don't know is it took a tuck it took a couple tries. It did take two takes that is true that is true did have an extra take and uh yeah but you know I figured by the 36th episode we probably ought to have this at least get the intro down right. There we go yeah. It's it was it's bound to happen one time. Well, law of averages. <laughs> one of these days we'll get it right. So yeah, all right. Well, big day here today in the United States, and oh, I do yeah. know that we we have some listeners who are not in the United States. So uh, you know, but uh, they're probably just as aware, if not more aware, of what's going on than we are. So uh, yeah, I uh, actually the reason I was just a little late was I was watching the uh, inauguration speech. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance to watch it live, but it was uh, I was just streaming it on uh, YouTube. Fun. So it was uh, it was interesting. I only mm-hmm. got about halfway through it. So mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, he sounded. I, I'm waiting for the punchline. Like I, I noticed that. <laughs> He, he sounded fairly presidential so far, uh-huh. uh, you know, touting pretty much the same things that we heard during the campaign, but uh, didn't call anybody, uh, you know, nasty woman and uh, <laughs> you know, demean any women on their looks or anything like that. So I'm just, I'm just yeah. waiting for the other shoe to fall. I'm like, come on, man. Say something about the Mexicans. Come on. I know you want to. So. I want to thank that nasty woman. She was a very good loser. And, <laughs> and this guy behind me. Standing at my left, who wasn't even born in America. <laughs> You're out. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so, so what do you have there? Do you have a hockey stick or do you have some massager? It is not a hockey stick, but it is known as the stick. The stick. I'm holding the stick. This is uh, something you use to... Uh, it. it Basically, it, it is a massage tool. It uh, helps separate the strands of the muscles. So when they yeah. come, become knotted up, um, it's essentially a big rolling pin. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rolling pin. It's a it's a plastic stick, and it has what it looks like beads. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen like um, monks in Europe would often have what my dad would call worry beads. Oh yeah. Would be, on you know on a string and you just sort of like on an abacus you know the 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 sliders on an abacus you just flip 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 mm-hmm. it's shaped sort of like that and so they roll around it so there's these little cylinders around the plastic stick and you just roll it on your muscle groups and um, I have seen it carried by I've seen it in EMS mm-hmm. and I've also uh, seen it uh, carried by several chiropractors that I've seen they, they recommend this so you use it and loosen up the muscles and I've had the thing for years and haven't been using it that much and I realized like many other things <laughs> if I leave it at my desk where it's <laughs> in sight and in reach when I'm standing here and my hands are free, I'm more likely to actually use the stupid thing. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. So. Well, you know, it's I didn't use anything like that until I started doing CrossFit. 
and yeah. they have those ultra dense cylinders. You know, they're probably foam oh, rolls. Yeah, the foam roll. They're probably eight yep. inches around, and they're, they're like, yep. lay. You know, get on the floor and you know, face down and put your quad on it and and roll and back go, and forth. <laughs> and, <laughs> Right. Well, well, that's what I did right after I found it, because I was like, what's this supposed to do? And then <laughs> the sound you just made came out. Yeah. He said, found it. You got <laughs> it. Yep, that's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> and yeah, then I've, you, got, uh, I've got too. Yeah, and then you, you roll over and get the back of the, you oh, know, that's the hamstrings, better. and it, yep. it does e- equal pain. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I felt a lot better afterwards, and... Yeah. And now that I've been doing it on a regular basis, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. I mean, it still hurts plenty, but it's mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's some weird thing that goes on in your brain. It, it now feels good. It's like, yeah, ow, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> right. Now that, that, that it, I think it's a combination of, of, of mental and physical, though, because you're um, you know, you're conditioning your muscles. So, number one, they will become conditioned to the pain. Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't, you know, so that they're they're used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, this is actually a good feeling, you know. So you are sort of <laughs> rewiring yourself. So like, no, no, this is not bad. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit on. Unpl- okay, it kind of hurts, but, <laughs> but 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 it'll be over soon, and then I'll, oh, I feel so much better. It's like beating your head against the wall. It feels so good when you stop. <laughs> yeah, I feel so, so much yeah. better now that I'm done. <laughs> oh, Let's not do that again. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I I pulled a muscle in my back yesterday, right like under the scapula. It feels like, mm-hmm. and all I was doing was my first morning set of push-ups. Oh. I feel like an idiot. Yeah. So um, so I've been like lying on tennis balls and trying to fix it. I can't tell. The last time I felt this pain in this spot one of my ribs had actually gotten pulled out of place mm-hmm. my chiropractor had to like, pop it back in place so. <laughs> well you you like uh you like audible books right yes there's a good fiction that i'm just finishing it's called once dead it's fairly new mm-hmm. uh and he's a he's a former cia uh i think well, I think I mentioned the computer program in that, and it it is a pretty good book, and it's uh, it it without giving any spoiler to it, the character does the things that you always want characters to do in books, but they always do it because the they're like oh well the moral issue here and they not do it and oh so <laughs> you, you're saying he he kills the bad guy <laughs> yeah yeah he kills the bad guy and he doesn't like <laughs> you know like tie him up and save him for the authorities to get there no <laughs> awesome <laughs> so well, <laughs> it's very satisfying you know <laughs> mm-hmm. well i just finished a uh, non-fiction book uh liars and outliers it's liars a relatively and outliers. Yeah, relatively recent one by uh, Bruce Schneier. Uh, he is a very famous security professor. Actually, lives uh, next town over. He lives in uh, Cambridge. Okay. And uh, you, even if you don't you don't recognize the name, um, you're probably using some software and some encryption somewhere out on the internet that has used his technology. Mm-hmm. So um, he has uh, come up with uh, the. Uh, 
like the uh, the blow for yeah, excuse me the blowfish encryption algorithm and oh, yeah. uh, he's the one who you know like generally if he says you know this encryption method method is safe then I say okay that's good I'll, I will use that <laughs> well um, yeah well the guys on Jack Bauer's team they know him and the backdoor password for all encryption right exactly <laughs> yes because he puts that in there yes. yeah <laughs> 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 so uh, no, he's he's written a lot of books. Like he, he he literally wrote the book on cryptography, uh, and not just the book, like many books. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and I actually had the pleasure of interviewing him a couple of years ago. Oh, that's cool. Uh, when um, Apple introduced the uh, Touch ID for the iPhone, mm-hmm. we had him on the uh, Pocket Size podcast. So that was that was fun, and uh, very smart guy, really really bright. So I like him. Yeah. Uh, and um, so anyway, I uh, finished that book. It's called Liars and Outliers. And it's not strictly about, I mean, it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's about internet security. It's not like technical at mm-hmm. all. It's geared towards an average person mm-hmm. who really talks about um, the societal problems of security yeah and and you're you know essentially he calls like there, there are people who follow the norm and then there are people who are defectors <laughs> and his um his analysis goes into a lot of things like uh that, that i'm sure economists would really resonate with a lot of the things that he talks about mm-hmm. because he says for instance if everybody follows the law you know if everybody follows the rules then everybody benefits and everybody benefits equally. But if one person deviates for their own self-interests, mm-hmm. they benefit immensely and everybody else suffers at their expense. Yeah. And then if everybody's violating the law, well, then everybody suffers. So, you know, <laughs> as a society, we have tolerances as to how much defection we will allow uh-huh. and you know we tolerate it uh to a certain extent and our intolerance is ex- generally expressed in laws mm-hmm. usually uh but it could also be in protests mm-hmm. hmm, it's kind of relevant to today <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but it's a it's a very good book i highly recommend it so mm-hmm. we'll put the put a link to that in the uh, in the show notes yeah i'll have to check the, that out in the schneier notes the sh- no notes <laughs> schneier notes so so uh, yeah, I highly recommend it, and uh, he's he's a he's a good guy. Cool, cool. Yeah. So what's uh, what's the temperature up there today? Hold on, Alexa, what's the temperature? <laughs> you did it again. Thirty-nine degrees and cloudy. Oh man. Yep. Well, it's sixty-seven degrees here and cloudy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely uh, definitely warmer. Different, uh, yeah, it's a different world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sweating last night. I was like, oh my goodness, this I'm hot. Time to get up. <laughs> I uh, yeah, no, I was not. I, I had the I had the heat on, uh, but I had it set down to about 61 or so. So mm-hmm. yeah. So. yeah. So what else is going on? Uh, well, we have the cybersecurity webinar coming up in two Ooh. weeks. Two yep. weeks. Yep. A couple weeks on a Thursday, uh, we have a panel of uh, other uh, IT experts and a couple of security specialists, and so that'll be fun. Uh huh. And you are the uh, senior security analyst. Yes, I am. I wonder <laughs> what I'm supposed to talk about. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. Security. <laughs> security. <talk> security. <laughs> or seniors, one of the two. <laughs> or uh, analyzing them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so cool. So that'll be that'll be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be live in of course, I'll record it for our listeners to listen to as well, but it'd be much better to be there live when they can ask questions. Absolutely. Asking questions right off the bat is great. I've actually had a couple of people ask about uh, us recording the podcast live. People have said, oh, can we can we watch? Are you live streaming it? And I was like, <laughs> uh, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're moving closer and closer. We're doing same-day release now and... Uh, live i mean we could we could record video but i don't know how impressed you know like i I see people that are you know do video and i'm like yeah it's just a dude standing in front of his computer yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's something i haven't really i mean every now and then it's nice so i can like say look here i'm holding up the stick so you can see the stick or i can hold up liars and outliers Mm -hmm. but i'm pretty much the same way but uh, i do know that some people are um they're very visual Mm -hmm. and having something to watch gets their attention more um, I am more audio, so I'm mm-hmm. more about, you know, like what the, the words and the, the sounds that are going on get my attention more than the vision. Mm-hmm. So, well, there, but, there oh. is more the there is more to life than being really, 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 really good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some people, for some people, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what they're missing. <laughs> yep. So I think I have a new favorite beer company. Okay. Not just a new favorite beer. Okay. Okay. So my favorite beer, um, I got to say it's it's a it's a tough call. The um, the Belgian white that I first made accidentally as a double mm-hmm. um, was quite possibly the best beer I've ever had, mm-hmm. if not the second best. Definitely in the top five, no question. Yeah. Um, but other than that, my favorite is uh, Omegang uh, Three Philosophers. Okay. And last night, um, I had also, let's see, I had also bought their Abbey Double mm-hmm. and their Triple. You know, so Three Philosophers, despite being number three, it's a quadruple. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why don't you tell people for just for a second, what does that mean uh, in, in layman's terms if you have a triple, a, du- a double, triple, or a quadruple? What does that mean in beer terms? I haven't a clue. <laughs> But but you're the brewmeister here. Man. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, as as you... I as it's been explained to me, it's essentially um, the like the the strength in, in inverse of the con uh, the concentration. So okay. if you use half as much water, you end up with a double. Oh, okay. Well, right. Which okay. tells me that you know the quadruple. Like holy, fr- that that's got to be like all malt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, there's not a lot of water left, um, but it is very strong. You know, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's it's pretty good. And I think I mentioned, might have mentioned on the last podcast that on New Year's Eve, I had uh, Berkshire Brewing Company's uh, Holiday Ale Gnarly Vine, mm-hmm. which is their Holiday Ale Barley Wine. <laughs> but um, that was pretty darn good as well. Yeah. Uh, but what I did is the other uh, last night I went out and um, my neighbor and I were having Mexican food for dinner. So I figured I would either pick up some Dos Equis or Corona or Negro Modelo. Um, and I did pick up the Negro Modelo. And then I saw the Omegang section and they had a, an oatmeal um, 
uh, Milk Stout. Uh huh. And I said, you know, I just had Night Shift's Left Hand Stout uh, earlier this week, and it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Let me see the company who makes my favorite beer. Let's see what their take on this is. Mm-hmm. And it did not disappoint. It is even better than the Night Shift Left Hand Milk Stout. Mm-hmm. So, so far... They are. I've had. Um, I had one of their special Game of Thrones beers. Also, mm-hmm. they have a few made after Game of Thrones. There's like a three-eyed raven and a uh, Valor Doheris, and uh, I don't know. if They've had others, but I've had at this point, I guess five, maybe six of their beers, mm-hmm. and I have absolutely loved them all. Oh, that's cool. So I definitely have a new favorite beer company. I mean, I can tell you I like Harpoon Belgian White. Mm-hmm. I detest their IPA. <laughs> um, other local offerings around here, we, of course, we have Sam Adams. Um, not a fan. <laughs> really? You don't like Sam Adams? I, too much hops. Even the, just their plain old Boston lager is just too hoppy for me. Um, I, I, I like their their winter warmer and their summer seasonal are okay because they back off the hops to reasonable levels. Their their Fezziwig red is is wonderful. And um, I've had another of their reds that I thought was okay, but not their cherry red. That one was disgusting. Mm-hmm. I could see if if you don't like hops at all then then i could see that and and i like but i like their winner and it's it's a, it's got some hops to it but it's not it's not as hoppy as their definitely no the winter i can tolerate that mm-hmm. one that one i i will i will order you know i i've i've ordered two of those in the same day before so that's mm-hmm. that's a good sign mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know wanting to drink two 25.8 ba- uh, ounce Omegang Three Philosophers, which I would love to do. <laughs> so what's would, what's the name of the company? O M M E Gang G A N G. Okay, cool. I'm so gonna we gotta check put them, them into the yeah. We gotta put them into the uh, um, uh, into the show notes so you can get those. Um, I think I've figured out why so many IT people are um, engaged and interested in beer brewing, not just because those that people group drinks too much but that <laughs> that it's like open source it's like you know i make a beer that's yeah i do it myself and it's awesome and i can share it and other people can make it and you know because who wants to make budweiser i mean they, they keep their recipe secret but who cares <laughs> <laughs> there you go (laughs) you take rice sugar and water and ruin it (laughs) (laughs) oh brother you betcha (laughs) rice sugar and water do they actually use rice they they do use rice sugars um okay yeah yeah back in the they you before the world wars they did uh they did wheat and then okay. they switched because you couldn't get wheat sugar. So speaking of wheat, I'm here getting distracted at the Omegang website, and I noticed that they have a wheat ale, and I have never even seen this thing anywhere in the <laughs> stores. So I must look for this <laughs> because uh, generally wheat beers have been my favorite. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, nice nice website that they've got here too. It definitely looks like it's uh, um, in Flash, but I will I will forgive them this because it <laughs> to be a decent presentation. Mm-hmm. So so listeners, that will be in the show notes. Um, and if my godson happens to be listening, then uh, do not click the I am over 21 unless your dad is there driving. You understand, Will? Okay, good. <laughs> message to you, kid. So, so yeah. Um, I will report back on that shortly. <laughs> cool. Well, next week, I'm going to be in Orlando uh, at Producers Club. So we've got oh, our nice. quarterly meeting for marketing. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing there is um, communicating with all the vendors. So my business coach has conveyed to me, he's like, well, how do you how do you find out new information, you know, about about the industry? I said, well, well, I mean, peers, I'm I'm involved with my peers a lot. We all, you know, we'd often talk and just I'm always in the in the, you know, in the IT, no, I mean, that's what I do, so I'm in it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, how often do you go with vendors? Or how often do you visit with vendors? I'm like, well, every quarter I see a bunch of vendors. He said, I want you to go to every single vendor at the entire event and talk to them and listen to them and find out what trends that they see that are coming. And I'm, I was like, oh, man, that's such a drag. I hate talking to vendors. I'm going to give them my card, and I'm going to get calls for months. And he said, he said, he he convinced me, you know. I I didn't I didn't verbalize. Oh man, that's a drag because uh, you know it, when you're being taught, it's very discouraging yeah. when the student says, <laughs> "Oh man, <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> this is stupid. I don't like this." Uh, so you know, so I I I am receptive to what he tells me, and I even if I disagree with it, I'm like. I'm paying $250 an hour for this service. I should probably listen to it since... It might have something worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but as I thought about it, it's like, you know what? There are all kinds of services that I provide that my clients don't know about because I can't convince them about it or I don't listen to it. Yep. I'm like, well, I need... Even if, you know, like Datto. I wasn't going to talk to Datto because I know StorageCraft and I know that they use StorageCraft as their back end. Yes. That doesn't mean that I can't get some nugget from that vendor on the storage craft trend because I am doing storage craft and I might change my process to match their process because they're they found mm-hmm. a decent way to do something. So Yep. And as someone I, I we've talked about this before, I do you know, my company is a Datto partner mm-hmm. and I I hate I bristle at that word. We're not freaking partners yeah. i am a reseller there is a difference yeah you know for me, I, I i that that's something that, that oh, drives me nuts it started with the the char tech and the connect wise people oh we're partners no you're a vendor you are a <laughs> yeah. freaking vendor you are selling me something i never hear from you except when you want to sell me something more mm-hmm. or when you know my bill is to be paid that is it we are not partners yeah i tell you i was a heck of a lot more of a partner with a lot of my clients over the years Mm -hmm. than they are you know because like i would get to know your business and i would make recommendations and i would say 
I'm concerned about Lori in accounting. I don't think she really knows how to use the system. I think you're wasting a lot of money because she's wasting a lot of time. You know, that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing I would bring to the table. And, um, you know, my success is part of your success because I have a relatively small business and most of my clients had been relatively small businesses. Mm-hmm. And then you get somebody like ConnectWise who I don't know how big they are. Too big. I'll tell you that much, Um, you know, who comes along and has the audacity to call themselves my partner. No, you're selling me something and I am your customer, not even a client of yours. Buying a product and that is it. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've got a phone guy that I work with and we are JV partners. If he sees a problem, he might help me. If I see a problem, I might help him, help him, you know, like, and, you know, that's the other thing, too. I don't know. Uh, joint venture is a word that gets thrown around a lot. But I, when I was in um, taking my first business classes, I had I had different impressions of what a joint venture was yeah. than, than the way Joe Polish and Robin Robbins use it. You yeah. know, um, like, um, no, here, back in the day, Novell and Netscape. Mm-hmm established a joint venture it was a company it was called novonics and the sole purpose of this joint venture was to get the netscape web server uh ported to netware so that you could make your netware servers a you know a, a netscape web server this was in the very early days of the the internet and i know a lot of our listeners have probably never even heard of netscape or novell <laughs> you know or netware uh-huh. um, but that was the first time that i had ever heard of a company publicly announcing you know that we are involved in a joint venture and i was like oh that's what that is yeah okay now i've seen an example of this you know concept that i learned about in you know in business classes um but never could see one of these i'm like where where is one of these things mm-hmm. um so yeah, there. When they say joint venture, it, it's generally um, in in the marketing. You know, the people that you're 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 still affiliated with that I'm not. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's an advertising campaign, and essentially they're they're use, they're they're selling you their list or they're sending out an introduction on their behalf. That's generally the extent of the you know what they've been calling joint ventures, and I don't, I don't really buy that. I yeah. You know, if you were going to like say like team up with your accountant and have a special offering where you would provide the servers and maybe configure the accounting software for them mm-hmm. and then they would go in and maintain it or use it or you know something to that effect a little more than hey this here's Adam he sells computers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a joint venture people yeah. <laughs> But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> it's a marketing referential venture. Yeah. <laughs> you give someone a reference. There you go. So while I was in or or while I'm I'm gonna be in Orlando next Friday, um, and I was gonna see if you wanted to uh pull the guys in on a big uh a big conference call for the podcast. The the guys. The guys. Which guys? You mean the the gang getting the gang the band getting, back together? Getting the band all all back together. So uh, Bill, well Bill, Justin, and I are going to be staying in the same condo together. Uh, Kevin and his wife's going to be that, down there, and Brian is going to be there. 
you're, Tim's missing, you're missing, Matt. Well, we could we could conference you in. When is this going to be? This is Friday. So next week is producers club meeting. Uh, right. So Friday, uh, you and I can nail down a time. Um, let me check. I know I have. This is Friday. You're talking the 27th, right? That's correct. Okay. Uh, it would have to be my morning is literally full. Like the entire morning is booked completely solid, but the afternoon is probably an option. Cool. Yep. Later in the, like around our standard time should work because I'll probably be bailing and driving back home uh, around noon. So, you know, yeah, that, that might work. Cool. Well, maybe we'll have some, you know, we'll have been there for two days and my, my hope, you know, because I've commissioned them. I didn't just, uh, let the, let it go that I'm going to be going to each vendor. I said, no, no, mm -hmm. no, we're going to break this up and we're all going to visit each vendor. <laughs> Not each one, but we'll split them up. So that, oh, so you're not actually going to all visit each vendor. But so we're gonna, going to... You're going... Uh, no, no, no. You are violating your teacher's rules. He said you need to visit all... And you're already outsourcing some of this work. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, we're we're going to split it as a group and share our knowledge together of what yeah, we learned. Yeah, but that means you, you have to, you know, like, factor in what Kevin says. You know, oh, man, that guy, he, you know... I was I was I was getting ready. I was interested in what he had to sell us, and then, I, man, then then Dexter jumped up on his table. <laughs> you you wait you wait and see it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so we'll we'll see. Hopefully that'll work out. Um, Dexter, Dexter, <laughs> not the serial killer, just the dog. <laughs> serial dog. Serial dog. So, well, uh. One of the other things that I kind of was thinking about today that our listeners might find interesting, or maybe I'm thinking, is uh, <laughs> maintaining productivity. How do, how do you do that, and how do you stay on task? How do I stay on task? Now, are you saying when I am like in the middle of a project actively working on it right now, or I have these 20 tasks that I need to get done this month and I need to make sure that I keep those balls rolling along. Both are probably good. I mean, how do you keep out of the weeds and distractions? And then how do you, how do you, you know, if you have a big project, I mean, most people, unless they're project managers, they're probably fighting little projects. Like I fight little projects all the time. It's rare that I have a long-term project. So mm -hmm. whichever one you want to speak into. Um, I am, I, I've, well, I've, I've actually taken a course on project management uh, for the first time I took it last year, I thought it was kind of about time that after managing projects for 20 years that I <laughs> figured <laughs> that I learned how to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and they, uh, it, they ruined it for you. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. that bad. I mean, it's, it, it, the, the takeaways from the project that I was, um, you know, like what is a project essentially? It has to have a definitive start, definitive stop. It has to have assigned outcomes and resources. Mm -hmm. And then essentially you break it down into tasks. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of the, the soft skills stuff. you got to take into account all of the players. Um uh, their interests, you know, uh, the, the lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. But 
I digress. I'm already getting off task. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, if I'm like working on something that I need to focus on, I will turn off the phone, turn off distractions and stuff. But I actually tend to work better. Again, you know, the, uh, the whole thing about me being more audio than visual. Um, I will work better, for instance, if uh, I have some like music playing or have the news running in the background or listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. But then like if there's something where I really need to focus intently, like I'm trying to come up with um, how to apply this algorithm to a certain data structure, you know, generally it's like if I'm programming mm-hmm. or if I'm following step-by-step instructions on configuring some software component and they're really convoluted, Yeah. Uh, you know, then I need, okay, quiet silence or, you know, maybe some classical cello or something in the background <laughs> that I'm not like keying in on. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, uh, one tactic that I will use sometimes is to set up, um, basically a to-do list, you know, like, okay, these are the things that I need to work on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's kind of hard, but I just look at it and say, okay, this is not a prior, not a top priority right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this person can wait, you know, that is not something I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do need to make a very conscious effort to do that because um, I am very easily distracted. I can become very event driven. Mm -hmm. So for example, I had been trying to get the other trustees for one of the condos that I own to have a meeting, you know, trustees meeting because there are a number of issues we need to uh, have Mm -hmm. uh, to, to have a discussion on. And I had scheduled two meetings in December, and one of the others uh, just flaked on us on both of them. Yeah. And so I got all frustrated. So a couple days ago, I emailed and said, "All right, guys, just so you know, um, you know, one of these big bills has come due. We got it. Uh, I'm a little concerned because we're spending a lot of money here and there and there. We really need to talk about this and some other projects that we're talking about." And he replied, oh, okay, um, can you um, send us the bank statement so we can see where the money is going? And I was not livid, but I was a little ticked off because I had already uploaded expense reports and shown, <laughs> like, this is everything we have spent by each vendor, and every vendor has one category. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy. And there are, like, what, six vendors total? So we're not talking a <laughs> lot. A lot. So it seemed to me that either A, he hadn't even looked at these things for the meetings that he hadn't shown up to, or B, he was questioning my integrity, you know, like, are mm-hmm. you really spending the money here? You know? And so <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, violating one of my first laws of, of how to um, not have a good day and checking my email before I get out of bed. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I jump out of bed, <laughs> go straight to the office, the, the, the home office. I didn't mm-hmm. get the car and drive two hours away. Um, <laughs> go straight to the to the office and start downloading these statements. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, this is dumb. Why don't I just tell him? Th-? And then I was like, no, no, well, let me finish this. So I download all the bank statements for 2015 and 2016, mm-hmm. upload them back to where I put everything else. And then I generated um, updated expense reports and profit and loss reports for 2015, 2016, and 2017 to date. Mm -hmm. 
which is not a lot because it's only been a few weeks. But I said, um, yep, I up, uh, you know, upload them. But frankly, you'll get more information out of the reports that I've already uploaded. <laughs> and then, you know, within like 20 minutes or so, I had all of those statements uploaded as well. So this is an example of how easily I can become like event driven. It wasn't my biggest task of the day. So mm -hmm. I didn't have to, you know, uh, I didn't have to do it right then and there. It had obviously waited for over a month. So I, you know, could have let it slide. Right. But I, but to me, it was important and I wanted to just get it done. So I can say, look, I am not the log jam here, dude. You know, <laughs> that said, the reason that I was able to do that and it didn't screw up anything else is I only had three I had three appointments on my schedule for the day, mm -hmm. and I knew that the first one was at 11 o'clock, the next one was uh, at uh, 2 o'clock, and mm -hmm. then there was this one today at 3 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had lots of hours in between that I could do stuff. Mm -hmm. So having some stuff, some time scheduled is good. And I, um, back when I was in your uh, the marketing group, I had... Um, I had resisted scheduling stuff mm -hmm. because it was my perception that, oh, my schedule, anything could come up at any time. You never know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that was kind of, I think I was just sort of like convincing myself that, um, you know, by having a schedule that I would lose some sort of freedom. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think it's the opposite. By having a schedule, I have gained some freedom because mm – -hmm. I know, and um, I do this on projects that I'm doing for the hospital now, uh, I have set time every week to work on this project, on this project, on this project. And it is kind of important because we don't really have any project managers at yeah. the hospital uh, unless a vendor supplies one as part of a contract with them. Mm -hmm. So um, essentially, I you know do my best to keep the balls rolling, but it's, it, it really comes down to me maintaining a bunch of tasks. Mm -hmm. And often with the projects that we work on, they don't have a lot of you know like hard and fast due dates. Mm -hmm. So that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, you know if something comes up and like, oh, this is gonna push things back a week, I say, hey, something has come up, it's gonna push us back a week. I don't need to then go into Microsoft Project and pull out the Gantt charts, start <laughs> adjusting things, notify resources, yada, yada, you know, because it's a relatively small project, which I think is the type that you're thinking most of our listeners would be interested in as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So a couple things is scheduling, um, keeping a task list of things that either I or other resources need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And then here's the big one, referring to that list and seeing <laughs> where you're at. <laughs> Check yep. in on it mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, I will like frequently I'll be in meetings and people will say, what's the status on that? And I'll say, huh, I don't know. And since I don't have a project management tool uh, for the hospital, I dig into my email and I go to my waiting folder, which is, mm -hmm. you know, I'm waiting on someone else. I do a search for a keyword because I tag things with descriptive keywords. I don't physically, you know, like visually use my eyes to try to find email. I use the search feature in the email program. What a novel idea. A lot of people <laughs> don't understand that. Um, I let it try to find them for me. And then I say, oh, I emailed Tom about that two weeks ago and he hasn't responded yet. That's mm -hmm. where the status is on that. We're waiting on Tom, yeah. for example. Sorry, Tom, Not didn't mean to pick on you. <laughs> this was another, this is a fictional Tom. 
In that case, that was just a fictional apology. Yeah. I'm <laughs> really sorry, fictional Tom. <laughs> the names may appear, but they are not based around real people. <laughs> the names have been changed, but there are no innocents. Yeah. Everyone is guilty. Do you use anything, do you use any, any apps or anything that help you? Well, um, for at the hospital, there are a number of tools, and what's great and amazing is that everybody uses their own things, and nobody seems to want to use the same tools. Yeah, <laughs> makes it really awesomely easy to collaborate, and by mm-hmm. easy, I mean impossible. Yeah. Um, in uh, for my consulting stuff, uh, if something is going to be, uh, you know, like a multi-phase kind of thing, I generally use Autotask. Mm-hmm. for it and um it's not too bad as far as online you know as project management tools go it's pretty decent and it integrates with our time tracking and ticketing system nice uh, you have that as well i don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever used it i've actually uh, never used it for a project yep it's it's not that bad it uh the it doesn't take a lot to get into and it's pretty you know it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. um i have used basecamp there's another one of our clients is using basecamp don't really care for it don't see uh how it's all that great mm-hmm. i've used microsoft project and a couple of open source knockoffs of it don't really care for them too much mm-hmm. um essentially you know i i make a list of of things that need to be done and usually what i end up doing is i don't even unless it's a big project uh with autotask i just make tickets in our support queue mm-hmm. because it's easier for me i know it's you know f- philosophically it's not the quote unquote right way to do it um <laughs> but it works for me i get mm-hmm. things done so uh frankly i could use a to-do list i could use reminders in you know on my iphone i mm-hmm. could use uh, to-dos in outlook tasks in outlook um anything very simple i could use a sheet of paper really uh, you know imagine that yeah so <laughs> essentially it's just tracking things and seeing like when is it going to be due now if you use the technology to automate some of these things, it can be helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a lot of dependencies that uh, where, you know, this action being pushed back a week pushes back all these other things, having a tool that automatically tells people, hey, you know, your project just got pushed back a week and not having to sit there and remember what has to happen, yeah. that's pretty handy, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and I use, I actually use a couple, uh, a couple things built in with with google so i use my uh, task list it's got tasks mm-hmm. and uh for me you know, like i said tasking is all personal it's all what how is it that you think and is going to motivate you and get it done and and i do like you do you know i just create a list so every every morning i i try i get into my email there's i don't know 20 emails in there i'm a net zero inbox kind of guy Mm-hmm. And so I start off by the morning of emptying my in, my inbox of putting everything into either respond or create a task to respond if it's more than, you know, I, if I can't just answer. If I can't just answer it, that I got to take the time to put together. I'll create it as a task or I'll create it as a ticket. And then I can have my inbox free. Th- that works for me. And then I do my tasks like you said, and I, and I love to go down and just click, 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 done, 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 and I do them in order, and I order them. Yep. 
What's the name? Um, David Allen's company supposedly published or was involved in making um, an email client made just specifically for implementing Inbox Zero. Uh, what's it called? I want to say IQ. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that. Zero email client. It, was, it started with an I. Kevin used it. Mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, not, no. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Darn it. Well, IQ that, tell. IQ tell. I, okay, that's not what I was thinking. Yep. Yep, IQ tell. But the, the, and then the other thing that I do. That if you are a David Allen fan, if you're an Inbox Zero fan, supposedly IQ tell is. Uh, sort of thing i remember i tried it out for about a week and didn't end up using it <laughs> so <laughs> uh, i i know i have um i have friends who use um uh well they say asana even though proper pronunciation is, is asana mm-hmm. um and trello and i think didn't i think asana just bought trello if i recall correct someone just bought trello um, I don't Kev- remember who it was. Kevin loves Trello, and okay. and I lack the vision. I've got to have him show me how it's useful. It's just a to-do list. It's a it's a thing that maintains you know tasks. You have these cards, and you have tasks on them, and you can assign cards to people. It's oh. I don't see how revolutionary it is, but some people really like the interface. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. So I, yeah, so I've got my task list. Well, and another thing that I've been doing is a tracker. Uh, it was only an iPhone app and mm-hmm. a tracker pro. And I want to say that it's like seven or eight. It's like seven ninety nine. I think it's like eight dollars. It may be 14. I know that's like through the roof for an app. Oh my gosh. $14. That's $14 for an app. Uh, but it is. Uh, so what I forced myself to do is every time I switch a task, I make sure that it's a valuable task in my task list. You know, if if I'm about ready to drive to Staples, now I reduce myself to office staff. I am no longer functioning as a CEO. Right. <laughs> if I'm going to do stamps, okay, now I'm doing marketing assistant work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so at the end of the day, at the end of the month, you know, I've been doing this now for pro- close to three months. You know, and I look in there, I'm like... Am I a CEO or am I a marketing assistant <laughs> or a technician? What am I? Because you know it it, it tells on me. So you're, that's your your right uh, your actions determine you know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it it doesn't necessarily help me with my task list, but it helps me determine if I've been doing my task list because I don't know if you've ever had days. I've had days where on some subconscious level, I'll come down here and I'll stand in front of my computer and I'm getting ready to work and I walk away because there's something upstairs that I just have to do. That's just so, I mean, I need to go check the trash. Did the trash go today? You know, it's these mind things that are happening because you're, if I have a task list, I'll do my task list. But if I have nothing, I'll spin around and do, and waste time. And, And I hate that. That's, that's all we have. We, yeah, that's our only currency, really. <laughs> Time is money, man. Time is money. <laughs> so, well, cool. So I've got those in the list. Anything else you want to talk talk today about? 
That, no, oh. I think we've covered our nifty, uh, even though we didn't uh, classify we didn't, it as such. We didn't name it, name it for that, but we got it. But we got it. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Well, hopefully. Uh, well, I'm going to plan on talking to you from Orlando, even if the guys can't join us. Sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. So that's where, again, we really should be live streaming it. So our listeners and uh, our, you know, could, we could have viewers and they could be envious of, uh, you know, you down in the funny, sunny Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Mate. Well, I'm going to take my laptop and I'll have Skype so uh, I can record the video. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think that our uh, listeners need to be punished uh, more so than we already do, then by all means. <laughs> then, the, then it is on. It is on. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I have to say, uh, personal productivity, my oldest daughter, uh, she wants to get into the Naval Academy. And at some point, I uh, I impressed upon her. She was so overwhelmed with some task that she wanted to do. And, and we kept telling her, you know, you said, how do you eat an elephant? I mean, she'd be so frustrated. She'd be crying. She'd be like, one bite at a time. <laughs> you know, so... And I, and I explained to her, I said, well, let's, you've got a whole bunch of stuff to do. Let's write a list. Let's write a list of what you've got to do. And we, we wrote it out. We wrote, you know, it was like five or six things. And she, I said, can you do that first thing? I can do that. <laughs> you know, she's crying. I can do go. that. Okay. Do the first thing. And when you get that done, do the second thing. And, you know, she's, we spent more time crying over it than it did for her to do all the homework or whatever she had to do. And now I go into her room and she's got a whiteboard, her own little whiteboard that she writes out her tasks of things that she wants to do and goals. And I'm like, you are my child. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to do a DNA test, do we? (laughs) You're definitely my child. (laughs) She learned. She learned. (laughs) Who knew? Yeah. Sometimes I think that we don't uh, that we don't teach them enough, but uh, sometimes they get it. <laughs> Eventually, they come around. <laughs> they come around. Kind of like clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know which is harder, clients or daughters. Definitely daughters. <laughs> so, well, cool. Well, I think we're going to wrap up for the day. All right then. How do we do that? I think we push the big red big button. Red button, indeed. <laughs> to contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast, and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. <laughs> <laughs>